The Gospel of John, chapter 13. John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give to you, that you love each other. As I have loved you, that you also love each other. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you love each other. This is the message of the witness of Christ. It is a message that is hard to hold on to because there's a lot of other things, distractions from this basic truth that Jesus commanded us to follow his example of the way he loved us. We read that in the book of, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where the Apostle Paul says the love of Jesus compels us, that he died for all, that those who live should not live for themselves, but for him who died and rose from the dead. The love of God should be our motivation in that he, died, in that he sent his son to die for us. That should be our motivation in life, to live for Jesus. So many times people will say, well, Christianity, there's so many rules. You got to do this, you got to do that. But they don't understand the basic core of Christianity. And that is we are motivated to follow him because of his love for us. And that is the witness of the Christian. There is a song in Christendom. They will know that we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes, they know that we are Christians by our love. And sometimes when we think about that, well, it can make us cringe because we haven't always been loving each other. And that is not said for condemnation, but for reality and realization and for conviction that these things are true and that. We need to change. And so it says, this is the witness that Christians have to the world, <coughs> that we are truly following him. We are truly disciples of Jesus if we have the witness of love for each other. Not a show, but a real witness from the heart. And so... Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, he pointed out how that there were certain people who professed they knew God, but he exposes them. Matthew, chapter 23, and verse 23. He says to these religious people, he says, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, 
For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you should have done and not left the others undone. And he goes on, if you go to verse 13, we backtrack to verse 13. He says, woe to them again. He says, for you sh- you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel over the land and sea to win one disciple, and when he is done one, you make him twice as much the son of hell as yourselves. What was wrong with these people? What was wrong with these religious leaders? And Jesus pointed out and put his finger right on it. He says, you're putting on a religious show. But there's more important things than this show you're putting on. The love of God, mercy, being just and right. And also, he says, you know, you're trying to make disciples. He says, but you're making them to be worse than you. Why was that? It's obvious through the life of these people and eventually what they did in conspiring to to have Jesus crucified, that the love of God was not in their hearts. The love of God was not in them. Even though they professed they knew God and did things, religious things, to follow God in in their minds. They were following God and they were doing what was right. But God exposed them for who they really were. So from there we go to uh, the book of Romans, chapter 4. Beginning in, I'm sorry, chapter 5, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in our troubles, tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces patience or endurance and and perseverance, character and character hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, one will dare to die. Perhaps for a good man, someone even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. This is the message of salvation by which we become justified by the blood of Jesus and we become, through through faith, 
It says, We have access by faith in this grass, into this grace in which we stand. And then in verse 5 it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, I meditate on this verse often, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit He's given us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of love. And as we read earlier, Jesus says that this is the demonstration to others that we are followers of Jesus if we love one another. But then we can say, well, you know, I haven't loved everybody. There's certain people I don't want to love. They don't deserve to be loved. And I don't, I'm not going to do it. Or I don't want to do it. And that is normal for us to have that struggle. To love our enemies. To do good to those who do evil to us. To bless those who curse us. And we find ourselves being that way. We find ourselves withholding love from others. Because we don't feel like they're worthy of it. Maybe they wronged us. Or whatever. But the fact is, the Bible tells us that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit that He's given us. And if we're not experiencing that, if we're not walking in that, it's because we're closing our heart to it. We're hardening our heart to the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, we're keeping God's we're keeping God at bay in certain areas of our life. If the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, then we should be living out the love of God, right? But, as it says in Galatians, as if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the way that the Holy Spirit is guiding us. And that includes, most importantly, most importantly, this area. We read in Matthew 24 that Jesus gave the signs of his coming. And one of those signs is a large sign. And it's a shining bright neon sign which says, Because iniquity abounds, the love of many will grow cold. And that is echoed also. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, The man of sin will not be revealed except first there be a great falling away. They're falling away from God. Why? Because they're shutting out the love of God. They're no longer being compelled by the love of Christ. And we can say, well, I love people. Yes, but we can naturally love people. That's not what Jesus is talking about. When he talks about having love for one another, he's not just talking about those who love us. The witness of the gospel is that Jesus died for while we were still ungodly, Jesus died for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for the ungodly. He died for us. 
because he loved us when we were ungodly. And then and the, and the, the witness of the Christian is that we love those who are ungodly. We love sinners just like Jesus did. When, even when they're being ungodly gods. It is one of the hardest things for the Christians to embrace. But yet, it is the central command of the New Testament. The central command of Jesus and the apostles. It all roads lead to love one another as Jesus loved us. The central command of the New Testament. To love God, all your heart, soul, and strength. All your heart, and to love your neighbor as much as yourself. The good neighbor, the bad neighbor, doesn't matter. To love your neighbor as yourself. So that's not easy to do. You're right, because our, it's not natural. It's not our human nature. Our human nature is a fallen nature. To be natural, our, we are naturally, mankind naturally is in a fallen state. And that's why it says, as we read this here, the love of God is shed in our heart through the supernatural Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has shed through the Spirit of God He has given us. That's how we are able to walk in the love of God. And to stop loving loving, and stop walking in the love that He shed abroad in our hearts is to shut off and to harden our hearts to the leading of the Spirit of God. And it's a bad thing. It's something that is at the very foundation of our walk in Christ. It happens all the time. It happens in families. It happens in marriages. It happens at workplaces. It happens in the church. That's what Jesus said. Because at the time before his return, he said, the wickedness would be so evil in the world that the love of many would grow cold. Talking about those who profess they know him. Many would not continue in the faith. Many's hearts would grow cold. But if we hear this, we are convinced of better things of ourselves in Christ. That we don't have to follow that natural pull of the world. I remember a preacher many years ago saying, the world is getting a little churchy, and the church is getting worldly. We don't have to follow that natural inclination of our fallen nature. We have a new nature that Christ has given us. But in order to continue in that, we have to continue in the love of God. And that's what Jesus said. If you continue in my if you continue in me, you abide in my love. We'll continue in his love.
In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Faith working through love. Or King James says, Faith works by love. It is hard for us to have strong faith if we're not keeping this central command of the New Testament. And we read that in 1 John, it says, We assure our hearts before Him because we keep His commandment that we love one another. And it It, it brings assurance to us before God. It's hard to walk in faith and not walk in love. If we're struggling in our faith, there's a reason why. We're hardening our hearts to walking in the love of God like Jesus did. It hinders us. It hinders us in our walk with God. And it hinders us in trusting God. It hinders our relationship with God. It interferes with it. So from there, I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 4. Numbers, uh, verse 6, 1 John 4, 6, We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Very simple. Those who are of the truth will listen to Jesus and the apostles and their teaching. And that's how we separate truth from fiction, right and wrong. If it doesn't agree with the word of God, it's not right. It's a spirit of error, not the spirit of truth. And then the next thing he says, if he talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, is, brothers, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He makes it very clear. We, we can't emphasize this enough. We talk about this often, but it is one of the things that our human nature fights so clearly against. He says in verse 9, In this the love of God was uh, manifested or revealed toward us, that God has sent His only Son, begotten Son, into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Brothers, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So this is what 
we talked referred to earlier in Second Corinthians, the love of God motivating us, and the Apostle John is talking about the same thing Paul was talking about. It's very clear and 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 well emphasized in the in the in the New Testament that this is the way of Jesus, that we might live through Him, not live on our own, but live through Him, through His Holy Spirit, and be empowered to live like Jesus did, and to get control of ourselves, to get control of our tongue, to get control of our temper, to get control of the spirit within us, our human spirit, to get control of it. Mightier is he who has control over his spirit than he that takes a city, we read from the book of Proverbs. It's a more powerful person who takes takes control of his has control over himself his human nature and his spirit within him than he who who overcomes and in, in war overcomes a city that person is more powerful that has control over his own nature to love one another we god so loved us we also ought to love one another god just doesn't love the good man, the Christian, he loves the sinner that's still in his sins. Not just those who come out of their sins. He died for all, not just for, for certain ones. He died for everyone. Not everyone will receive that love. So it says here, and this is love, that not that we love God, but that he loved us and said his son, die for our sins that's how God demonstrated his love for us this is how we understand that God loves us it's clearly demonstrated in this message concerning his son and that message it says brothers if God so loved us we also ought to love one another we respond according to what we believe that God so loved us this way And that's what motivates us to love each other, to love others. The good, the bad, and the ugly, to love everyone as much as we love ourselves. Verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love each other, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. It is clear that this is the measure of true spirituality. This is a measure of someone who is truly walking with God. Not according to us, but according to God. This is what God's Word says, not what I say. This is what God's saying. If we love each other, God lives in us and His love has been perfected in us. You say, well, I haven't been walking in love in this area, this area, and this area today. So, well, does that mean that God's not living in us? What it means is that we're hardening our heart to his way, to the spirit that he's, that he's given us, and to the love that he shed abroad in our heart. If we are a Christian, take heed to what this is saying, that we're closing our heart. We're hardening our heart. We're not walking in the love of God towards others. And this 
this message continues. Verse 16, we know, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. This is the foundation of the Christian. If we don't know this on a personal level, then we're missing it. If we don't know that God loves us personally, we're missing it. And this is at the very foundation of our walk with Him. If this foundation is shaky, it'll affect everything that we build on. We know and have believed. It's established in their hearts. It should be established in our hearts that God loves us. And it should be the response in our law in our hearts should be what it says here. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. This is continuing to live in God, is to continue in his love. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. How is God? God is love. He loves the ungodly. He loves those who have cursed him, have spoken against him. He loves the sinner, the blasphemer, the immoral the ungodly, the dishonest, the liar, the thief, the cheater, and so on and so forth. He loves them. And as he is, so we are. We love the sinner. We remember where we came from. What <clears throat> We were sinners from Christ saved us. He put his spirit of love in us. And now we love God because he loved us and gave his life for us. And we love others because as he is, so we are in this world. We love others too. We love those who wronged us. We love our enemies. We love those who are in darkness. We love because he loved us. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This is a very deep what it's saying here. There is no fear in love. I mean, if we we walk in love of God, we have no fears. Fear cannot overtake us when we're walking in the love of God. And fear will torment us. And it says, he who fears is not made perfect in love. If we're bound in fear, and again, this is what it's saying in the Word of God. It's not me saying this. 
He who fears has not been made perfect in love. If we're anxious about things, if we're walking in fear, if we're bound in anxiety and fear, and anxious and troubled about many things, it says we're not made perfect in love. Our hearts need to open up. We need to open our hearts and be compelled by the love of Jesus toward us, the love of God towards us. Let it motivate and compel us. And when we do that, we're secure in God's love for us. We're no longer walking in fear and anxiety. And when we're insecure in the love that God has for us, then... We can love others. We can be as he is in the world. And we won't be bound in fear and anxiety. We won't be tormented anymore. If you've ever been bound by anxiety and fear, you know how it can torment. How it can torture us. How we can suffer so many things at the hands of our own fear. At our own anxiety. And at the core of that, is our insecurity as to whether God really loves us enough to help us. It's really what it is. Great men and women of God have struggled at times with this, so we can take heart today. <clears throat> Moses said something that God turned around and said to him, has the hand of the Lord become sure? The Lord rebuked Moses for his unbelief. We read how Abraham at times struggled with unbelief. He laughed when God told him his wife was going to have a son in her old age after she had passed the time of childbearing. God said, you're going to name that son of yours. He laughs. We struggle with unbelief because we're not convinced. We are insecure at times in the promises of God toward us and that he loves us and he wants to help us. We struggle. Fear has torment. Anxiety will torture us. There's people on all kinds of drugs and meds because they can't handle life and all of its struggles and all of its fears and anxieties. It torments them. It tortures them to the point where they need something to take, deliver them for that for a while. And they're poisoned on the inside because they're closing our heart off to the love that God has for them. It says, because love has been perfected among us in this. This is how love can be perfected in us. Because as he is, so we are in the world. That we are, hearts are open, not only to the love that Jesus has for us, but the love that he has put in our hearts for others. The love that God has put in our hearts for those who have sinned against us. 
If we're not walking in that love, it means we're hardening our heart to that love that God has put in our hearts towards others. We're not feeling it right now because we closed our heart off to it. And as the Apostle Paul said, open, our, open your hearts. Jesus wrote a letter in John's book, in the book of Revelation. Jesus sends a letter out to the church at Ephesus. And he commended them for a lot of things. Suppose Jesus sent a letter to our church and it said that. So you're doing a lot of good things. You're following me in a lot of ways. He says, you're not putting up with false teachings and you're you know, following me in all these different things and you're you know, you're all this different stuff. He went this whole list of good things they were doing. He says, uh, he says, but there's one thing. He says, I have one problem with this church. He says, I've left your first love. He left him. He left Jesus. He said, Well, they're Christians, of course they're following Jesus. He didn't say. He didn't say you've left me. He says you've left your first love. And that is our love for him and the love that he's put in our hearts for others. They close their hearts off to it. They were doing Christian things, but the love of God that was shed abroad in their hearts, they were, you know, closing the faucet down some, closing it down to a trickle so forth. And that's the problem. And that's why we have to examine ourselves. Are we closing off our hearts in some areas to, to the love that God has shed upon our hearts? Is that, okay, Lord, we'll just close down. You can shed it upon our hearts this far and no more. Thus far and no more. I know the Lord has showed me at different times in my life that I've done that. Show me I had a change. And I resisted that. And boy, did it hurt me. Did I struggle? And yes, it does torment you and, and cause you to struggle and become cold inside. When love grows cold. Love grows cold because we're closing ourselves off to our, we're shutting our hearts off to, we don't want to do that. We're listening to our human nature instead of the spirit of God. And that's where it is. That's what's happening. You put your finger on it, you can't put my finger on it, that's it. That's it, right there. We haven't been able to put our finger on it, that's it. There it is, right there, right in front of us. Right in the word of God. There it is. We love him because he first loved us. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. And he who does not love his brother, whom he can see, how can he love God, whom he cannot see? And this is his commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Chapter 3, back up to chapter 3. In verse 16, 
We know this. By, I'm sorry, verse 16 of chapter 3. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Not just doing some nice things for them is different than laying down your life. When you lay down your life, that means you're giving sacrificially of yourself. You're, when you say, I'm laying down my life for somebody, that's a lot different than saying, well, I'm just going to do this nice thing for somebody. That might be part of it, but it's a lot deep, deeper than just doing someone a charitable work towards them. Laying down your life is a lot bigger than that. We read that the people that in, in Matthew 23 we read about, who Jesus rebuked, who said the love of God wasn't in them, they were giving to the temple. It says you're tithing of all this great stuff. And you're doing all, making big prayers. You're praying. And you're tithing. And you're fasting. But the very core of following God, they didn't have. It wasn't abounding in their life. God's love. And back to chapter 2 of 1 John, verse 5. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Here it is again, John talking about the love of God being perfected in us. It says if we fear, the love of God is not perfected in us. And here it says, whoever keeps his word, the love of God is perfected in him. If we're if we're in fear, we're the love of the love of God is not perfected in us, and we're not keeping His word. In verse six, it says, "He who says he abides in Him ought also himself to walk as Jesus walked." Verse nine, "He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness till now. He who loves his brother." abides in the light, or lives in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Yes, we emphasize this often, this message. And you see that it's only us here that's emphasizing this message. It's the New Testament. It's the Word of God that continually emphasizes this message and we have to remind each other of that. He says, if we're not walking in love, we're going to stumble. We're going to stumble. And it's one of the signs of the coming of Christ is that many will stumble because they shut off their hearts to the love that God has shed abroad in his heart. They're, shed, they're shutting their hearts they're hardening our hearts to the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And they stumble. And they struggle. When you see someone backslide, what is one of the key ingredients, what is one of the key th things that you see when somebody backslides? It's a lack of love in their hearts. It's their heart... The heart, the love of God 
grows cold in them. And they're walking in anger and harshness and just a hardened spirit. They're not loving those. They're not loving their enemies. They're not doing good to those who do evil to them. They're not blessing those who curse them. Why? Because they shut themselves off to the love of God. They're shutting themselves off to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so they're not like Jesus anymore. And they and they can come back. The Bible says, if any of us see a brother in a fault, that we should uh, reach out to them. If they're stumbling, that we should reach out to them. And there's so, so many scriptures in the New Testament that tell us that. And so if they hear us, and we, and we should pray for them, and that we can save their soul from death. To love God, we have to, if we love God, we love our those around us, good, bad, or, or otherwise, anywhere in between. That is the characteristic of the Christian. They will know we are Christians by our love for each other. And when it says for each other, it doesn't mean just for the good, just others who are following Jesus on target and really on fire for the Lord. We love them, and so that shows that we're, well, sure, but it's a lot bigger than that. To love the Christians that are struggling. To love the Christians that have backslidden. To love those who are in the world, who are in darkness. To love, us, who love those who hurt us. It is by the Spirit of God that that love is shed abroad in our hearts. And we must continue to walk in it and not harden our hearts to it. No matter what somebody has done to us. They might have done the most heinous evil things to us in our life. And yet, if we embrace the love of God in our hearts, He will help us to love them in return. To love those who are not naturally lovable for whatever reason. Brothers, that's what I have to share. If you want to, Dave, if you want to comment on that, um, I remember the first.